0: Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude!
1: Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes.
0: Yeah! Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes Podcast, presented by 4th and Dude. Brought to you by Boston College 24-7 and Armchair All-Americans, Season 3, Week 9. The Eagles got back in the wind column on Saturday, defending home turf for NC State, defeating the Wolfpack by a score of 45-24. The O-line dominated in the trenches as A.J. Dillon and David Bailey racked up over 400 yards rushing against the top run D in the conference, while the Maroon and Gold utilized the bye week to overhaul their SIB of a defense. On today's episode... We'll discuss whether BC is actually good, talk dude or pood, and get you hyped up to shock the world versus Clemson and Death Valley this weekend.
1: Matt, I am finally back from my European sabbatical. I apologize to the listeners for no pod the last two weeks, but it feels so good to return home to what is now apparently a very good football team. Just a surprise that I did not in any way see coming when I left New York for a few weeks ago. But before we break down uh, just how BC turned into the best team in the country, And look ahead to the Tigers, like you said. First, a word from our friends at MyBookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. doesn't matter if it's a couple familiar ACC foes or a flyer on Pac-12 after dark. Whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet this season. No matter your style, parlays, teasers, live bets, futures, you name it, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Between football season, the World Series kicking off tonight, start of NBA season tonight, NHL season's heating up, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt, let's just get right into it. What a remarkable performance we saw on Saturday on all sides of the ball. Really looked like a different team out there entirely. I think Stevie Byweeks officially strikes again.
0: Yeah, quick bone to pick with my bookie and the other available betting sites before we get into NC State, Matt. Uh, Why is the money line not available? Yeah, I noticed country. that.
1: I noticed that last night as well. I was trying to do the math on it. Like, I'm sure there's an easy formula like Fahrenheit to Celsius of of you could take the spread and figure out what the line should be. And maybe it's just too high and Vegas doesn't want to lose all their money when, spoiler alert, we shock the world in four days.
0: That's what I figured it was. Like, they're just trying to protect themselves. Because Correct. Huge downside risk. That's right. going to be a huge payout. You got to figure. Yeah. Tell you what, Matt, what a win against NC State. Uh, obviously, we we're coming off a couple tough weeks. We knew that, you know, it was probably the worst defense we'd seen at Boston College in a really, really long time. And I'll tell you, it feels great to get back in the win column. But the way we did it is also, you know, beyond just winning the football game. These guys, you know, certainly utilize the bye week to their advantage. You know, we, we have the best offensive line in the country. We have the best ground game in the country. And guess what, Matt, we might have a defense. Yeah, I it,
1: it mean, again, first and foremost, that was clearly a running win, like I'm sure we'll talk about, but I, I'm with you. I think the story is the defense and they deserve a lot of love. Finally showed up for the first time all year plugged in some young guys and fixed a few things over the bye, and it paid off significantly. Some wild stats that came out after the game. So as bad as we've been through the first six games, we still have 80 tackles for loss on the year, which leads the country, which I my jaw hit the floor when I saw that led by our guy Sax Richardson, who is third in FBS with tackles for loss. Obviously, next week will be a Or this week will be a humongous test and by far the hardest test that we've had so far. But you have to just love what you saw on Saturday. The run defense showed up. The D backs were making plays. There was pressure. We haven't had any of this, you know, throughout the season so far. So really, it looked like a completely different defense. And you know, it does make you wonder where it was because clearly we have the right guys for it. But you know, I can't complain too much. We have it here for the back half of the schedule, and the bye week really paid off.
0: And listen, we we know NC State is absolute garbage. You know, that was that's just not a good football team. They're they're Record is what are they four and three now? Four it, and three, right? It's, but it it's gets inflated because no they've yep. you know they have one of the worst strengths strength the schedule out there. But with that said, it is the ACC, and we're seeing on the other side of the conference, you know, more than than in the Atlantic. But there are no easy outs in the ACC, especially when you have you know a backup sophomore walk on quarterback versus a defense that was one of the tops. It uh, was the top in the country. Uh, sorry. Top in the conference. One of the one of the best run the defense. Country. Top run
1: defense. Exactly. Yeah, in, the, in the conference. Exactly.
0: So you know, a, a solid run D that knows that we're going to be one dimensional because again of our quarterback situation, and it really starts and ends with the offensive line. I mean, you can't say enough good things about what the offensive line did in that game, and really what they've done all year. You know, I wish there there were more stats that. You know, so, so I could give them more accolades, but I, I guess it's a testament when you have two 200 yard rushers. You know, it's 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 pretty solid, I, I guess. And and again, I mean, this was a de- defense that was giving up 67 rush yards per game, and we hung 429 on them. So yeah, we 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 over, we surpassed their entire season output. Which again, I know they didn't play any good running
1: teams, but that's still very impressive. Seven games in. To your point, statistically, I will say the O line's number one stat is that they. I think they lead the country in sacks allowed. Or. I guess, lack of sacks allowed. But otherwise, I'm with you. It's the eye test. And then you just look at the fact that they were clearing lanes all day long. Like, obviously, give our running backs a lot of credit. They're phenomenal backs. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. But if you're not getting the holes that they're getting, while they still might put up 100 yards a game, they're not going to put up 400. So while Bailey looked like a video game and A.J. Dillon got his three touchdowns and had you know a Heisman stat line, this isn't possible without the guys up front. So just a phenomenal performance. And, you know, I think that we've come – to become used to O line, you and it's nice to see that it continues here. Shout out to Dazio, an offensive line guy. Again, we got offensive line guys in the room, but it's just been it's been a joy to watch, uh, really, throughout the first seven games.
0: Yeah, and I think I think uh, no hurries, no quarterback hurries, and, and not right. that uh, Grosell dropped back a ton, but what he did, he had all day to throw. And, and yeah, I mean, it's not just obviously it's not just the pass protection, but the, but the holes that these guys are opening are, are like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, we've had some good offensive lines over the years, but you know, for this class that that was largely inexperienced and hadn't you know certainly hadn't played a lot of snaps together as a unit, it's unbelievable how quickly they've come together and, re- and really gelled. So, I mean. We really could beat anyone in the country playing like that offensively, I think. I mean, and, and we really wore those guys down throughout the course of the game. So that's a recipe. To, and if I'm Clemson right now, you know, I, I'm shaking my head a little bit saying, you know, we got a pretty solid defense, right? But, you know, that's that's a damn good offensive line. And throughout the course of a game, if they're going to ground and pound, not just the line, but then, you know, you got two 250-pound running backs that are punishing you all, all game. I mean... I don't know, Matt. I, I like our chances to to you know control the you know, more on Clemson to come, but yeah, don't spoil it for it's going to be really really hard for this team for defenses to game plan against this team because you could you could tell uh, at the end of the NC State game by the time the third quarter rolled around. These guys wanted nothing to do with Dylan and Bailey they were they were you know arm tackling and they wanted nothing to do with these guys so you know keep that going going forward obviously we're gonna be a ground and pound team going forward I like what Grosell did he wasn't asked to do to do too much he was a you know great game manager um, and more to come on that in my dude but I, I, I like what he does back there and and I think that you know we're gonna be again we're gonna be run heavy no question but you know what he can do you know we'll see what happens if we can actually sling the rock but you know I, I really like where this offense is headed. And they're going to be a tough out.
1: Yeah, I mean, truly, statistically, we're the 11th best offense in the country by yards per game, averaging 494 yards, which is absurd. I will say just quickly, negatively, the fact that we're not 7-0 is appalling when you look at the statistics that we have. And again, as bad as the defense has been, the fact that they're still leading the country in tackles for loss and all that, plus the offense that we have. And when you look at the schedule, it also hurts even more, too, because, you know, as much as Kansas, we can just say, all right, Kansas with Kansas, it was an aberration no excuse but they you know killed us whereas we lost by three to both louisville and wake and in, in you know what were clearly winnable games so it's pretty frustrating to be four and three right now with the with the talent that we have but at the same time you know we have whatever a little less than half the year to go and i think overall we have to feel okay i'll echo what you say on grossel he did everything that you know we needed him to do he's not going to necessarily win any games with with you know you're not going to win any games with him necessarily, but. He doesn't, we don't need that because our offensive line is that good. Our running game is that good. If our defense can just be okay, then that's a fine combination. And then the other one I want to shout out on the offense is Hunter long picked up right where Tommy 12 inch left off, just a phenomenal tight end leading the country in a couple of different things, or at least, you know, top five, whatever. So that's huge for a young quarterback as that safety net. You saw a couple times there was like a two yard dump off that he then ran for, you know, 40 yards. So overall, a lot of really good things on the offense. I'm, I'm, Feeling much more positive now than I would have ever guessed uh, after Wake Forest or even after Kansas. So overall, I will, while I'm very unhappy with the record at four and three, I will take how I feel about this football team as we head into the back half.
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. And, and, you know, it's not that surprising. The offense has been putting up, you know, pretty solid numbers all year, especially in the run game. I think the story of this game is, is the defense. Coming off the bye week, they were, uh, what were they, 126th, I think, in, in, total, about right. in total defense, which is really, really, really bad. There's only 130 FBS teams out there. So, you know, it, it really seems like in, in you know, the, the coaches, you know, they knew they had to do something, right? So, I think what they did and I tweeted this and I'm glad they listened listened is I think they pretty much ripped up the playbook for the first half of the season. They ripped up the the depth chart and said, All right, who wants to play? Who wants to you know, who wants to, to, to make plays, who wants to tackle? And um you know, so they mixed up the personnel. They got the, the, the right guys in there. They got the young guys. I mean, that's really the story of the game. I mean, Jason Maitrey, is that his name, Matt? Maitrey? Yeah, Ma- I don't know
1: that, that you're spoiling a future segment of mine, but you can continue.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he set the tone, obviously, with that pick six uh, in the first quarter there. There was a few other, uh, Sheeta Silla. Is, is this also ruining your segment, Matt?
1: Yeah, it all is, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Hey, Matt. Here, I'm just going to segue right in. So, my dude of the week, I'm just going to go with the freshman starters overall. So, like you said, Jason Mater with the pick six. He also had five tackles and a pass breakup. Matt, what I will say about him, I am absolutely psyched for like the meme potential with the Matra D. Do you, like, do you get it? Because He's on defense. I, I don't know he's what that word. Oh,
0: I, I know. I've heard the
1: word before. I don't know what it means. Though. It's like hors d'oeuvres. It's French, but it's, it's, it's. I could see it becoming a future ham achievers Accord. I'll just say that he had his first start was phenomenal. Zion Johnson was the ACC lineman of the week in his first start ever paved the way for 400 yards. So you got to love that. And then, you know, like you said, I don't think he started officially in the depth chart, but shit. was all over the field four tackles, two and a half for loss, his first sack ever. Again, I think the bye week does have a lot to do with it. We looked at the film through the first six games. We said, something's not working. Let's plug in these guys. Let's get them some reps. Let's see how they actually perform. At worst case, you get them game experience. And at best case, you actually say, hey, these guys can play. And we are significantly better. So my dude of the week overall is the young guys that stepped up. You love to see it. It does make you feel really good right now. But even more so you know, for what we could continue to have both of these immature through the rest of the season. Like we saw with Sebastian last year, who in his first game was honestly horrible. But ended the year as one of our stronger D-backs. And, you know, you hope the trend will continue with these guys and then for their you know tenure on the Heights. So yeah, thank and, you for segueing me into the dude of the week. But I think that that overall worked out nicely.
0: We knew we had athletes back there. We knew that we had a pretty solid recruiting class coming in the last couple of years, especially, you know, in the, in the secondary. So I think that was part of the frustration is and Daz has always kind of sucked at this. And I don't want to arm the Daz haters any more than they've already been armed. But he doesn't he kind of suck historically at starting the right guys. There's countless it's, examples. Yeah, this happens every year where we, we have say guys, six games in, right? Yeah, well, we have guys that all of a sudden midway through the season come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden they're way better than than the starter. Right? AJ Dillon's probably the best example in yep, 2017. I think that's fair. But it seems to happen all the time. Right? We knew there was talent on this roster, and we knew that you know what we what we showed uh, against Kansas is not this Boston College team It's nowhere close to the talent. So credit to them for for utilizing the bye week. To uh, to you know mix it up a little bit and get the right guys in there. There was a couple other guys. DeBerry was another one that was making plays out there.
1: Yeah, I think it was his. He had. I think it was his first start as well, or at least it was. It, it was, was first by time, far the most minutes. Th- had. Yeah, it was
0: the first time I'd seen him. And and, and you know we're obviously going to need that when it when it comes to, to Clemson and the rest of the ACC slate. We need athletes out there that aren't going to get burned, that aren't going to you know miss tackles. And you know I think we're we're starting to get to the right combination. It's a shame it took six games in to figure this out. But sort of is what it is. Also, yeah, I really just, don't want
1: to harp on it. It is so frustrating, though. It's just like <laughs> these are like we should be seven and zero. There's absolutely no excuse. Why again? Why can't we figure this out in training camp? And I think that is a fair argument against Daz of you got to have your guys ready week one, and that's just not the case. So well, I would be one, very week frustrated one, at were ready. all. They be Virginia Okay, 10. week one they were ready. Fine, but again, like. You're telling me that if we played Kansas tomorrow night, I mean, hell, if we played Kansas the day after we lost, that we probably beat them by 30. But if we played Kansas tomorrow, like I don't know, that Kansas looked good against Texas, but Texas is never back. Like there are so many games that I just wish we could we could have back. Well, he, I think that's a theme of the past seven years.
0: Here's the flip side of this, Matt, and and I knew we were going to go overboard because that's you know we overreact. That's what we tend to do. That's got, that's one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. NC State is so yeah, It was horrible.
1: Awful. It looked horrible. like an
0: FCS offense. Um, and, you know, obviously we had those those two huge goal line stands that, you know, helped to also demoralize the Wolf Pack. I mean, wasn't it more? Wasn't it like three? It was, there was a there was like, wasn't it three or four uh, fourth and goals that they didn't convert? on? Yeah, it was it was something like that. It was, it was too early on in the first half, right, I guess, quick, back right. to back that it was kind of like these guys might never score. So I don't know. I mean, while it's a positive that we figured out how to stop someone. This I I really do think that NC State may not win another game the rest of the year. That's how bad they were. So I don't want to overreact too much.
1: Well, so I was reading through Reddit after the game, and it sounds like their perspective is that they're actually feeling very positive now because they put in their freshman backup quarterback – late in the game and yeah we got lear- lit up by that true lear- freshman and they were like oh my god this is. guy is amazing versus they were playing hawkman the whole time who was absolutely terrible so i think that they had Hawk some Man. optimism there as well but Hawk- yeah i don't know why hawkman was getting the ball the, the can whole you not
0: time. say hawkman <laughs> hawkman again it's like a superhero hawkman <laughs> uh i just don't I, I do want to call out max richardson too uh what a game again by him i think he hit for the cycle he had a billion tackles a, a sack a bunch of tfls Pass swatted at one point. I mean, this—that's like his sixth consecutive game in a row where he's just been everywhere, and without him you know we'd be in trouble this year we already are in trouble this year but we are officially yeah uh, <laughs> without him I just can't can't state his importance to this defense enough especially without McDuffie out and Matt can we get McDuffie back for Clemson? Yeah, one of
1: these days man come on honestly right like I-
0: yeah I mean I don't know what it is I mean at this point it's probably a no-go especially if we're gonna get bad weather but can we trot him out against Clemson and they're gonna have no idea what's coming I mean I don't know we'll see is that your official due to of the week by the way no, my due to the week was the coaching staff, actually. So okay. I, I was Great. glad that they, they, you know, again, were willing to make adjustments. And, you know, Bill Sheridan, who caught probably more flack than any assistant coach I've ever heard of in my life, um, you know, basically. Deserved. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, no no question. But, you know, they... they it defensively, obviously, they changed everything up. Offensively, they schemed a perfect game plan. They had a couple electric plays. The screenplay to Hunter Long was outstanding. So, across the board, for, for Daz, Bajakian, and Sheridan, utilizing the bye week as they've done a couple times in a row here. Remember the game against Miami last year where Daz completely outcoached Mark Richt? You know, it seems like he knows what he's doing off of bye week. So, I like that to continue going forward. And I tweeted this out, but. Matt, you know we play Notre Dame after a bye week, right?
1: Oh, we sure do. So, I emoji on that one. Yep, I'm with you. I'll go for my dude here. So, I know it's kind of a cheap mainstream one, but I have to do it. The throwback unis. They are still so, so, so good. We play great in them. We just look faster. It's an upgrade on every single level. I don't know why MJ isn't pushing to make these the official that we wear again every game new logo as well like on midfield that logo would look amazing i do have a feeling that we'll run into him when we're in clemson this weekend and this will be item number one on my agenda probably i have probably like 10 things that we need to hash out but this will definitely be number one i will say too i quietly i think the whites that we wore against notre dame at fenway are even better than the maroons so it's like a zero effort move at Under Armour to just make, you know, those the away, the Maroons the home. Everyone's happy. We don't have to design any new jerseys. Win, win, win. We would sell so much in the bookstore as the Martin Charmant collection already has. So that's one that I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but we need to wear those all the time. And the fact that we're not going to be in those in Clemson is the only thing that's really worries me about next Saturday.
0: Yeah. You figure it's only a matter of time. And we've been saying this for years now where MJ is just going to come out and say, Hey, welcome to your official BC logo. And your uniforms, and we're just going to become the throwback. That's that's who BC is going to be. I think he's waiting for the right time. Do you
1: do you remember? Do you remember? Probably this is two or three years ago now. All of the BC sports accounts from you know women's soccer and field hockey, all the way through hockey and and football and basketball, they all tweeted at the same time, like you know, I emoji, like big news coming tomorrow at noon. And they kept hyping it up, hyping it up. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's finally happening. And then when the day came at noon, they were just like, hey, we all just changed our Twitter handle to now be BC football news and <laughs> BC hoop news. And like that was that was the biggest letdown in the past seven years, which is which is saying something. So, again, right this wrong, Martin.
0: There's never been a, a more obvious thing like, Give the people what they want. It's if you did a poll, bring back the the uh, throwbacks. It'd be legitimately hundred percent to zero. So
1: yeah, my only concern is that he's waiting till things get as bad as possible to do it as a goodwill gesture. But I feel like he's had opportunities between both the Adazio extension last year and the Jim Christian extension. So I'm not sure why he has waited, and I don't know how much worse he expects things to get, which is part, you know potentially concerning. So I mean, I guess we'll wait and see at this point.
0: I think we should go back to like the. The early two thousands jerseys with like the Boston College written in, in the full lettering and um, yeah, I don't hate those either. I love those. I, I got in, in the the weird third alternate logo. Um, the of, what, but, like the, the 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 smiling eagle. Yeah, exactly. The smiling eagle. Um, i think it's like baldwin jr type of type of yeah eagle. exactly
1: that one's weird i think i bought that for my nephew when when he was born i think yeah i, I think they only have an in infant gear now but
0: that, that was right when i was becoming a fan and uh you know i always uh, those jerseys are cool so i don't know i, I think they, they could do a lot more but i agree with you that it's just a matter of time it's weird to have such an electric throwback logo and, and all that and not have a great normal jersey but um <laughs> it's <is>. very fair yeah <laughs> um all right my uh dude i touched on it earlier um I love this Grosell guy. Like, you know, I lo- we love AB. We're big AB guys, obviously. But there's a reason that that Denny Denny Dimes. I think we're calling him. That's a that's a pencil nickname right now. Okay. Denny Dimes. I also like Denny. All you can eat pancakes. T- I Denny, like that a lot. All you can yep. eat touchdowns. There's a lot of options here. I'll tell you, he can play. It, it, there's a reason that he worked his way up from again, you know, uh, from being a, a sophomore walk on to now, you know, the starting quarterback. And we we saw some flashes. I mean he only threw the ball 15 times on on Saturday but there was a couple just absolute perfect throws downfield and and overall you know he's he's a great decision maker i li- the thing i like best about him is you know obviously offense our offensive line gives the quarterback a ton of time in the pocket and he uses all that like he's he's for for a sophomore walk on to be that calm in the pocket and not rushing the ball out i think that's that's a pretty u- unique characteristic to have so if our guys can get separation downfield and, you know, you, you got to figure that now more than ever, teams are going to be zeroing in on, on the run with, you know, again, him in there. He's got a chance to do some damage. I like that Clemson has no tape on him, and we didn't have to use him against NC State. And I think he could have a huge game against Clemson on Saturday. That's my dude. He's going to be my breakout dude next year, or next week, sorry. It's going to be a huge game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we I think we will certainly need that. We have a very good offense if he doesn't do anything, but I don't know if it's a good enough offense to beat Clemson on the road. So I'm with you. Let's hope for the best there. Again, he just also needs to avoid mistakes, which he has obviously done a good job of so far. Uh, for my pood, I'm going to go with the six kicks out of bounds. It's kind of a dude at the same time because it was absolutely amazing to watch. It was uh, like anchorman. I'm not even mad. I'm legitimately impressed. I don't know how you can kick a football out of bounds six times in a game. My personal favorite was one of the six was – the re-kick after he got the penalty for kicking it out of bounds. Just awesome stuff. Watching Adazio's reaction every time was absolutely incredible. Again, we love the long man, but uh, I appreciate him for, for lightening up our, our Saturday there. What started out as a stressful Saturday really for the first only like 15 minutes before it got pretty relaxing. But a little comic relief never hurt anybody on a, on a college football Saturday.
0: Matt, that is also my pood. So I'm going to co-sign that one. And I agree with you that watching Steve Adazio's face on that kick in particular, where it got called back, and then he re-kicked it because it was, what, offset, offsetting penalties, which is ridiculous to have a hold and a kick out of bounds in the same play. <laughs> and he did – what was the number? Is it four or five times? It was four. Well, it was
1: six officially if you count <laughs> that one. Yeah, which means that if you did it, I guess technically it was only five, I guess. And he's but done he physically it, kicked the ball out six times.
0: He's done it, what, once? Other uh, – like going back know. to last yeah, year? Yeah, I don't know. This history, has never yeah. been an issue oh, yeah. before. He's always been solid. He's been the t- a touchback machine. We haven't had issues with long man. Um, but I'll tell you what. To have that happen that many times and to still win by twenty, we'll take that every day of the week, Matt.
1: It also in college, it's not nearly as bad of a penalty as it is in the NFL, right? Because the NFL, you go to the forty versus now they're on the twenty-five for a. No, it's
0: the thirty-five.
1: In NFL, you go forty for a legal procedure. Here, you go thirty-five. Correct. You're saying it's not as big of a. It's, it's only fu- a ten-yard penalty.
0: Uh, I I guess yeah. That's for the look end at of it. the
1: world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, so. I would
0: wish they would stop doing that, though. Correct.
1: I just kick it out of the back of the end zone, and then everyone's happy. But
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and I think someone are. said, I don't know where I read this, but he was trying to, I don't know if they have an electric returner that he was trying to avoid, so he was trying to kick it to the left side of the field. I, I mean, and I was shocked that Daz didn't pull him. Like, there's got to be between Boomer and, and even Tessitore. Someone has to yeah, be able to right? figure or out just, how to yeah. kick off in bounds. but um, storyline to watch for, for next week, certainly.
1: Yeah. Uh, Definitely agree. I've got a few Eagles in the wild. You got anything that you want to kick off with?
0: Matt, I got nothing for Eagles in the Wild this week. It's a right. uh, yeah, clean slate for me. All
1: right. I'm going to roll through it quickly. Matt Ryan Hurt, so thoughts and prayers to him. Uh, Kai Bowman, doing Kai Bowman things in the NBA preseason. Also, shout out to Jared, Reggie, and Jerome. NBA season kicks off as we record tonight. And then, Matt, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. So I missed this a few weeks ago, but shout out to Molly from the class of 2013 who was on the latest season of Survivor. I say was because she, she was voted off Are you off really going to spoil it? Two, it's we're on like week six right now.
0: You know what's funny, Matt? I threw it on uh, last weekend, and I I'm not a big Survivor guy. You are obviously. I was a I big am. Sur- I was a Survivor guy for week one or uh, season one, and I still I turned it off after 20 minutes, despite someone that I know being on it. So that's how bad right. the well, show. So Survivor you're an idiot. So bad.
1: again, I I thought that she had the makeup to to make a good run. Quite honestly, um, but like I said, she was voted up episode two it was a massive blindside. Honestly, it was the reasoning was because she was perceived as a as a as a strong player and a deep threat, which, you know, sucks for the BC connection. But I honestly don't hate the move as a fan of Survivor. This also means that Elizabeth Hasselbeck reigns supreme as the best BC Survivor of all time. I think she made the top like eight or something back in the Australian Outback. And then, Matt, I did some more research. We had one other BC alumni ever appear on Survivor. Uh, He was voted out first overall in the somewhere in season 20. So not too great of a resume for the Eagles on the island uh as a whole meanwhile boston rob who is arguably the greatest all-time either him or sandra he's in a cameo appearance this season with sandra actually uh he's a bu guy so that's a shame everyone should be watching this show by the way i know you just trashed it but it is so good i still. it's just I, I honestly it's so I good so it's just well, well you the, can't just the, jump the first... in you have to you have to actually watch it from the start and get to know the characters I, get man, to know the. that was
0: the problem i watched the first episode and it was the first 30 minutes where people like trying to make a fire, and then someone okay, well, out, also to like to got to find an you know idol. What? You have to buy and in. You I have to understand. buy in. Yeah, I, okay,
1: I, I agree they are throwing in too many hidden immunity idols. I do think that's <laughs> bastardized the game a little bit. But overall, get in board now because next season, season 40, is the all-winner season. That's going to be absolutely electric. Again, obviously no eagles on that because, like I said, we've never made it past like the top eight. But
0: Over under 10 people that, that turned this podcast off. I mean honestly when seconds.
1: I when I when I found out that we had a BC alum on Survivor I was so excited obviously because I love the show but really so I had a chance to talk about it on this podcast so thank you all for indulging me for those last couple minutes just know that was the most enjoyable subject I've talked about on this show in a, in a very long time uh, with that Matt let's get into the courtroom I'm also going to put your uh, take that Survivor sucks on trial and I realize I'm probably going to lose that one but uh, yeah let's hop into the courtroom all right courts cool. in session So I don't know where you want to start this. I'm just going to, again, do kind of a grand indictment, grand jury. The ACC stinks as a whole. Literally the only good team is Clemson, and they haven't even looked amazing, as we'll touch on in a little bit. Not much to add. It's just no one wants to win the Coastal. No one wants to come in second place in the Atlantic. It's just a a disaster and, and legitimately one of the worst, I think, Power 5 conferences we've seen in a very long time.
0: Yeah, one of the things that's been making the rounds on social media is the Coastal Circle of Suck. Which has been, you know, one of those things that has always been. Oh, if if all this stuff comes together, then we can form a perfect circle of everyone that beats everyone. And this year, it's it's finally a reality. Legitimately, every everyone sucks, but everyone's also doesn't suck. Is is another way of looking at looking at anyone could
1: win on any given Saturday but also lose on, right. on most Saturdays.
0: Right, so I think, what was it, Georgia Tech over Miami put sort of the exclamation yes. point <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, on that. But, you know, one thing that people aren't talking about enough is the Virginia Tech win. Matt, that's turned into a pretty damn good uh, good win. It's not bad. One. It's better than I think
1: we all expected based on our expectations of Virginia Tech on the way in. Again, ultimately, I do think uh, UVA will end up winning that division, but they don't really want it either. They had a, I think while I was out of the country, they had a ACC loss, if i and remembering that correctly, um, but it's just been ugly all the way around. And again, it's it's you know not to go back to it, but it does add to the frustration of the fact that we can't have you know take advantage of of everyone being so bad, um, you know, and actually fighting either for second if not first. So. Overall, disappointing on that front, but yeah, nothing else to add. It's just a horrible, horrible conference. And, you know, I think the good news is that it means that we have, at a minimum, three very winnable games remaining on the schedule to get to at least seven regular season, if not more, as we will get into very shortly.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think Virginia lost to Miami, I think. Hey, which wasn't that bad at the time, and then Miami went ahead and lost to Georgia Tech. So, Correct. Um, so yeah. So uh, and by the way, Virginia Tech. Did you see how that uh, how that game ended? Uh, Virginia Tech versus was that the UNC one with the, yeah. with the
1: seven overtimes and they like didn't score in half of them. What
0: a ridiculous way to end a football game. So I, and this is apparently a new rule. I'd never heard of it, and I consider myself to be a pretty big college football fan. When you get to I think the fifth overtime, it's no longer put the ball at the twenty-five. It is two-point conversions.
1: And Wait, exclusively?
0: Yeah, whoever didn't score a two-point conversion loses. So that's how Virginia Tech won. Wait, so you get, you, you know, in, in starting a fifth overtime,
1: you literally just get one play?
0: In the fifth overtime, it's, yeah, it's do or die, two-point conversion. One play. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm 99% sure that's what happened. Yeah.
1: we The game got shut off because it was on yes in New York, and they flipped over to uh, Yankee playoff coverage, which they lost, which is awesome. Um, so we missed that. But we were I was following at the bar, and I just saw, again, no points, no points, no points. So that actually makes a lot more sense. Still not good, but can yeah. at least buy it now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I can't believe that's a real rule. I will say this, too. I mean, with our red zone defense, if we ever make it to overtime, maybe this weekend, I don't know, Matt. I like could our chances be. in overtime. It it's you sort said. of you put you put the 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 fast forward button on it. The team gets the ball at the 25, which was going to happen anyway against our day. Correct. And then we we shut it down. So, I'll tell you what. I I think we could be a team to be you know, we're one of those teams you don't want to see in overtime, I guess. Yeah, that's
1: point. a very interesting strategy just in general. of Almost just, again, maybe that's Longman's move. Yep. Give everyone the ball at the fifty to be better with a short field. I kind of oh, yeah, like that. That too, I was going to say. I'm, let's I'm play both play both for the work. tie. Yeah, play for the tie, and just we'll you overtime. extend the game forever to 0-0, right? Because <laughs> there's no plays that happen. Um, and then the other one, I just I want to give a shout-out to Illinois with the humongous upset over Wisconsin uh, this past weekend. The biggest upset of the year in college football, I think, right? I would assume. I mean, Wisconsin was a legitimate playoff threat. so And Illinois is terrible but um shout Before out to weekend, one of the fourth and dude family um which has an illinois secondary degree so good job there
0: there you go uh, yeah I, I guess in general i mean there's a as it is every year there's a pretty clear divide um but one of the storylines coming out of last week was Clemson dropping to number four in the country despite a 35 point win over Louisville right um and we'll get to that but
1: this is such to me that's such a that that it's it's the most clear and obvious thing that they're just basically saying we don't actually think you're one of the four best teams in the country because you haven't looked that good but because you're the national champion if you win out obviously you get in like that's exactly what that's saying and I think it's it's fair, but it doesn't matter if you're the if you're the defending national champion and you win out, you get in a hundred times out of a hundred. Rightly so.
0: Yeah, agreed. I guess last note here: Syracuse. What did Syracuse do? They lost to Florida State. They lost, no, they lost to Pitt by like hundred. Is that true?
1: Well, they lost. It was only like by six, but they were down big the whole game. They looked absolutely terrible. This was on Friday night. It was on Friday or Thursday night. Yeah, but oh, they're that's the, they're, right. They're the worst team in in the ACC right now. I think even Georgia Tech would beat them.
0: Yeah, they only ended up losing by seven. By the way.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. But they were down. I think they got that one with like two minutes left. Oh, that's right. Time. So
0: they lost to Pitt last week. They got Florida State this week, which is a very interesting game. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you get Taggart on the hot seat. You get Syracuse. That is just awful at football. Someone has to win that game. And um, obviously, we have both of those teams left on our slate. So um, we'll be watching that one down in Clemson on Saturday afternoon.
1: All right. Anything else? Or are we good to head into Clemson Talk?
0: Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Court is adjourned and let's talk defending national champs
1: all right so no blue chew ad this week uh we don't need it after last week which is good i think we're all fully ready to go after watching that nc state performance but stay tuned we do have another sponsor uh joining us next weekend and not to worry it is still in the male genitalia family so all good there let's just dive right into the fun facts these get really difficult on year three because this is obviously now this will be the fifth and sixth fun facts that we're giving respectively on Clemson. So I'm going to go with the student newspaper. The Tiger is one of the oldest in the nation, started in 1907, and it employs 100 people, making it one of the largest news organizations in the South.
0: People forget that I used to write for the school newspaper when I was at BC, Matt, but not the Heights. I wrote for the Observer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you were. Yeah, (laughs) You were mainstream. You were not the mainstream media. You decided to go a little, well, dude, uh, little alternative if, there if with, you your, up, with your sources. If you
0: sign up for the heights, like that's your life. Like you get sent off to every single uh, possible sporting. You know, you, you cover fencing for you know the first three months till you earn it, and then it's a whole thing. The Observer said, you know, read whatever you want when uh, once a month and if you if you send it in great if not we'll figure it out so that was more do my people speed. also
1: know, do, do people also know that you were the voice of the bc women's basketball team for like four games junior year four it was a single game it was, it was a single game okay, it was actually <laughs> a huge
0: overtime win against penn state yeah and, and i actually called a really good game uh, i was the play-by-play guy which i think is is a good spot for me because if i was the analyst. I don't know that I bring much to the table as, as far as women's <laughs> basketball, but I had a great man. I was like Meter perel uh and and when they uh there was a whole buzzer beater situation to force OT and it was a whole thing. That that tape has to be out there somewhere on the WZBC. Yeah, w- we we'll, we'll call the we'll call Archos. the observer.
1: We'll call the observer and have Well, them, that was
0: WZBC. Them... That was the radio. Okay, sorry. But, fair, but, fair, but yeah, fair. Same, same thing. All right, so that's a good one there. My fun fact, Matt, the SO club, which is where we'll be on Friday afternoon, um it's one of Clemson's most famous bars. It's been around forever. It's one of those places you gotta go to. Man, it used to be a gas station. So I that's saw that. It is fact. pretty fun. Yeah, yep, and pretty I'm a fun. big fan of a good, you know, gas station bar. I've been to a couple of them. There's one actually in Charleston. Um it's called Fuel. Yeah, it's a great spot. It's an yeah, outdoor is there you place. Yeah, that where watched the
1: Vot Tech game last year? I think you talked about that one. That, on that was the show brick. As well. That was the Virginia that was Tech bar. All right, Sorry, yeah. sorry. Fuel's right, a good bad.
0: spot. It's outdoor though. It's and a lot of dogs go there. It's stuff, a great spot.
1: Okay, that's great. Um, let's roll into by far our worst segment of the season so far. Top five plus six man notable. What is this pop culture movies? Just kind of anything that yeah. has anything to do with Clemson. It's a very broad. It's a very broad category. Hard
0: to disagree that this is our worst segment. Usually it is, but this one's kind of electric because it's obviously South Carolina. So. With that, okay. I'll kick it well, off. Well, you go
1: a little broad. Again, for the record, let's just back up. The goal is to have this be Clemson-related. You kind of take a lot of liberty and just do anything in the state. So, yeah, if you're doing pop culture related to Charleston and Hootie and the Blowfish and everything else, great. But I think you're kind of not really following the spirit of the game. here. So, I'll in the one
0: hole much. here, Matt, I'm going to go ahead and take Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, okay, there you go. So, you guys all know Hootie, Darius Rucker, probably top five band of all time. It probably goes, what, Zeppelin? Um, and then probably Hootie. I mean, I, I put him too. That's just me. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, they're as good as it gets. Obviously they're from Columbia. They met at at USC, the university. Yeah, they hate Clemson. They hate Clemson. They do, which is relevant to this week. We're playing Clemson. Um, so anyway, I saw these guys live over the summer. They don't, they do a, they did a big reunion tour this summer. They're electric. They're amazing live. And I love hooting the blowfish and, that's that's my first selection there, Matt.
1: Okay. Yeah, good pick. So, 3 weeks ago or maybe 4 4 or 5 weeks ago, they Disney filmed a movie at halftime of the Clemson game. The movie working title is called Safety, which I don't love as a movie name. So maybe they'll fix that before it actually goes live. But um, it's about the life of Ray McElrathby, who's a former player with a very nice story with Clemson. So during halftime, they brought out a full team of actors dressed as football players for Clemson. And I think Florida Atlantic was the team the other actors were playing as. And they basically did a whole uh, shoot of some tackles and some runbacks and all this good stuff. So filmed that on Clemson's campus. So that is very much within the spirit of this game. And then the second one is a 1974 thriller by the name of Midnight Man starred Academy Award winner Burt Lancaster, filmed on Clemson's campus and featured a lot of prominent shots of the stadium as part of the plot and as the background. Burt Lancaster, of course, uh, is named the AFI's 19th best actor of all time, I think. And that's all I have on Midnight Man.
0: Okay, that's a good one there, Matt. Um, in my first... Uh, so you went two and three. I, in my four hole here, Matt, I have um Duncan Sheik, who is an absolute electric factory. He's probably the best one hit wonder of all time. If you guys are fans of '90s music, he sang the pop hit "Barely Breathing." Um, so you guys can can look that one up if you don't know it. It's a great one. Um, so that's him. He is from somewhere in South Carolina okay. as well. Um, yeah. and then in my five hole, Matt, I'm going Rob Thomas, who you guys will know as. Um uh the lead singer matchbox twenty, you guys know Smooth, Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas. He also hails from the great state, uh the Palmetto State, actually. All
1: right, so just to be clear, you have made this segment basically just be any famous person that's born in South Carolina. So you basically made it easier than the notable alumni. The notable alumni was just a small population, you're taking out the entire state, just so we're clear.
0: Yeah, we we said pop culture in South Carolina, I think, is the category. I think it was more
1: pop culture in Clemson, but okay. We'll we'll have a we'll have a an owner's meeting and uh, when we're down in Clemson this weekend to figure this out for the rest of the year for you guys. With my sixth pick, I will go with Leatherheads. So it's a football movie starring Jim from The Office and George Clooney. Um, was also filmed in very heavily in the surrounding Clemson area, specifically Anderson County, which is where Clemson resides. So that one I count. It's not too much of a roundup. And if it sounds familiar, it's because we mentioned this for Wake Forest as well because they also filmed a lot of it in Winston-Salem football, where football podcast all works out. And then only honorable mention I have, Matt, radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. was also filmed in Anderson County.
0: Football movie. That's good. Correct. So I'm more on the football theme than, than you are, but... Yeah, my honorable mention was Southern Charm, so okay. uh, Charleston. So <laughs> yep. great show okay. uh, on Bravo. It's a good one there. Yeah, so that's that covers the top five plus six man pop culture in South Carolina. Um, let's move it to a special edition tailgate ability. Uh, sorry, travel ability rankings. Matt, you want to
1: kick it off? Yeah. I mean, it also could be a tailgate ability because of course uh, your two favorite co-hosts will be down there again. I'll give this a, this is going to be a very high score. Spoiler alert, a night game in Death Valley, I think is hands down a top five experience in college football. Obviously they have the Howard's rock, the top 25 or what is it? The 25 most exciting seconds in football or whatever, but a night game there, I think literally, if you're going to count it off, you'd say a night game in this Death Valley, a night game in the LSU Death Valley. And I'm not sure there's anything else that would, that would potentially top those. So absolute bucket list experience the fact that we got a night game is incredible like very lucky um, Clemson's a top team which is great by all accounts they have great fans though I will say I was a little down on their fan base last year I think they're getting a little kind of big for their britches now that they win I think they were better as the lovable losers who you know always started off 6-0 and then lost so they're getting a little cocky but still by all accounts it's a good fan base and uh, a fun fan base to tailgate we'll be there like I said weather doesn't look awesome right now but it's kind of right on the fence We're still four days away, so it's either going to be cloudy or potentially a little rainy. So we're going to see maybe by a tent, whatever. Uh, My paid app, the weather app that we've talked about before, says we're okay, but some others are calling for rain. So TBD on that. Again, this is my concern with doing the podcast on Tuesday night is we're not close enough for an accurate forecast. Um, Only knock I have on the score is that, you know, BC is not – Great on paper. Obviously, we're a really good team after last Saturday, but 34 point dogs, so it just can't be a perfect score. Overall, I'm going to go 4.6, which equates to 27.6, depending on if you're doing the 5 RV or the 30 RV scale. Which we so do a the very 30 good RV.
0: Score. So you can just skip to that going forward because I think you're going to confuse the listeners, Matt, if you give two different scores.
1: Well, I think they'll realize that a 4.6 would be very low if that was out of 30.
0: Yeah, you're doing like the metric system with the four. So I think we just stick Correct. to the 30 RVs. So, okay, I think that's a good score. I mean, I, I, I think that. Obviously, we talked about going down to Clemson forever, and it's been one of those. It's like, all right, are we doing this year? Are we doing this year? I mean, this is when you talk about ACC road trips. It sort of starts and ends with Clemson. This is this is the place to be, and um, I think we're, we're we're doing it the right way. We're getting a spot in Lot Two, which my inside sources say that's the place to be if you want to have a you know a premium tailgate experience. So we're getting there early. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be a great day. Uh, we've never seen tailgating like what we're about to see. Obviously, we've hit, you know, Raleigh and uh, Charlottesville and a couple of those other ones. But, you know, tailgating down in Clemson is, is nothing like what we're used to up in Chestnut Hill. So, absolutely jacked up to see the tailgate scene in action. The fact that we got a night game, absolutely thrilled with that. From a travel standpoint, Clemson's a cool town. There's not a ton going on, but we're, we got a pretty good itinerary cooking right now. We're heading down Friday. We're going to hit the SO Club. Uh, hitting downtown going to have some some barbecue and uh, some ribs so should be a great trip overall and we'll get to it when we start breaking down the game but you know this has all the makings of a potential upset Matt I know we're 35 point dogs actually down to 33 and a half um, so it's moving our way Um, all the money but this has the potential to be a once in a lifetime trip and I can't wait to storm the field all that said I'm going 28.3 and i can't wait to if any of you guys are going to be down there let us know again we'll be in lot two um shoot us a message and uh, and we'll meet up i assume that there'll be a pretty good turnout down there i think a lot of this is one of those people or one of those games a lot of people circle circle in the calendar so uh so let us know if you guys are heading down as well
1: yeah i'm with you the only thing that i think might detract a little bit because normally it's this is lately since notre dame hasn't been a fixture on the schedule been the like senior year rv trip which, of course, we did for Notre Dame. And I think you know most of our forefathers did for Notre Dame. Uh, but because Notre Dame's on the schedule this year, I almost wonder if if that will be replaced. So we'll see. It would be great if we get a good turnout. Um, but either way, it's going to be a phenomenal day. With that, let's get into the Clemson preview. Bottom line is we know that they are a very good football team. Trevor Lawrence is a machine. Etienne, T. Higgins could be an absolute problem on our defense. However, I will say they have looked great mortal this year Uh, they should have lost to unc they or i said they could have lost to unc they unc went for two and which was the right move because when you're a big underdog why not they didn't really look great in any other game i will be clear that they still win huge like they beat louisville by 35 last week despite not having their best performance so just to be clear they're very 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 good but my i'll say my biggest concern coming into this game is the cfb rankings official ones are about to come out like we said they're at four right now i think that that's gonna for them mean that they smell blood and need and, and like want to put an absolute beat down and win a game like Ohio State does, like 100 nothing to try to convince the voters to knock them up. So I don't like that, but overall I will say this is not as terrifying, and I say that very lightly as it potentially could be.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how people are, are hating on Clemson this year, and Dabo had a pretty good quote. Uh, someone asked him about, you know, why do you think you dropped down to four in the AP poll and he said, well, last year, if you think about it, we were beating teams by 27.8. And this year, we're only beating teams by 27. So it's that point eight or whatever the number was that's elusive and we can't get there. So, And he was obviously being, being sarcastic, you know, saying it's that. It's
1: classic Dabba holier than thou, by the way. I'm sick of him, but I won't go down that rant right now.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And actually, someone tweeted at David Hale, and I got to get uh, another "Hooting the Blowfish reference here. Someone basically said that Clemson this year is like "Hooting the Blowfish's second album Because their first album was so good, "Cracked Review, which had uh, Only Want to Be With You, Hold My Hand, and it was like eight or nine absolute bangers on that album. And their second album was great, but it wasn't quite as good as the first album. So that's what we're seeing with Clemson this year. They couldn't possibly. Hey, do
1: you mind doing me a favor and just doing a full ranking of all your favorite uh, hoodie albums off time? Yeah,
0: we'll do it offline because that's something that I didn't have prepared, (laughs) and that's going to take a lot of thought. So I don't want to, you know jip the chip the the listeners on that i i actually wonder like who's a hooting the blowfish fan like I, obviously i'm from south carolina not originally but you know i spent some time down there so we became big hooting the blowfish fans are people in general big hooty fans yeah i think they are But let's move on yeah i could talk about this for another hour or two man i'll tell you what um yeah i think i think you touched on on the the, the big points i mean everyone expected this defense to take a step back this year for Clemson and instead it's been the offense so people are trying to wrap their heads around that. Well I think it's been a little I mean it's been it's it's I would
1: say it's a little bit of both I mean specifically on the D-line the D-line is still very good and it's gonna be the best one I think that we've seen so far definitely better than NC State's but it's a significant step down from what they had. I mean last year was a legitimate last year was a legitimate NFL defensive line.
0: I agree they lost their whole D-line who's in the NFL but statistically, they're actually better this year. and Part of that could be because their their schedule's been you know somewhat soft thus far, um, and it's not going to get a lot better. But they've held every opponent this season under 300 yards. So this defense is actually statistically better than last year, despite losing everyone. And they have a couple studs, and these guys, you know, they're, they're full of five stars, they reload, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a no-brainer that that offense that returned pretty much everyone was going to be even more electric than they were last year. And it's just not the case so far. It's really been the defense that's, that's stepped up. Um, and again, it's it's nitpicking because it's Clemson, and they're still you know a, a top five team in the country, no question. But to your point, they're beatable, and we saw that with UNC. We saw Louisville hung around with them for a half. This wasn't this didn't really happen last year outside of the Syracuse game when Lawrence got hurt. They blew everyone out. We were the closest one they played um, all year long, and and we were never really in it after the first quarter. So. The fact that they're, you know, they've had some close calls against the likes of, again, UNC, who's not a good football team, you know, shows this, this is a different type of Clemson team and, and one that, that can't be knocked off on the. On the yeah, right I mean, now. I
1: would say, I would, I would say honestly, and and I would say outside of A and M, and I know we just lost to Louisville, so it's transitive property and all that, but I think we are the second best team they've seen this year, and that's not even saying a lot because A and M is four and three. I know their three losses are, I think, all the top ten teams, so it's you know not horrible, but. Uh, they have never seen an offensive line and run game as good as what we've offered you know, this year. Let me be clear that I am in no way saying it's the same thing, but it's at least the same idea as what we saw with NC State when they came in with the best run defense in the country. Everyone was like, that's amazing. They didn't play anyone that had a running offense. So yeah, while the defense has looked very good, we are one of, if not the best offenses that they've you know seen so far statistically. My concern is obviously the defense. While we looked good last week, the fact is that we could revert immediately to what we saw in the first six weeks and if we do that i think we legitimately could give up over 100 points so. either
0: revert or the fact that nc state's just that bad and we're not sure. actually yeah yeah, yeah. Good. exactly we're not as but good as we thought right no matter so. how you slice it you're exactly right i mean this is just a terrible matchup and they're a terrible matchup for anyone uh but you mentioned justin ross and t higgins two of the you know best athletes in the in the world probably they're going to be you know first round picks um we have defensive backs that have been burned consistently all year they have Trevor Lawrence, who, if there's one knock on him after his, you know, Heisman caliber season last year, this year he's been mistake prone. Right when he's when the when the pressure gets on him, he throws picks. We don't really have a D line that can force pressure. Pressure. So it, it's it's sort of like a, a, and then lastly, I guess they have Travis Etienne, who racked up 227 yards on 18 touches last week, including yep. 118 of those Matt, that were after contact. And we have a defense that has struggled with tackling. So, just I mean, when think you about, st- think when about stop the, what right we saw there. against
1: Kansas, right? I right. mean, like, Kansas was all after contact and just all untouched. So, I'm with you. There's a lot of terrifying it's, things that Those could are horrible,
0: horrible match, matchups unless we've actually figured out the defense issues.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm completely with you. The only thing I will hang on to as well, and you just time to talk about like, crazy things happening in sports, I love this Richard Yergin homecoming story. So David Hale wrote a piece on it on ESPN Today. I think they filmed a game day piece for it. I don't know if it's aired yet, um, but basically it's, again, the the story that we talked about before. Had a terrible car accident, was a Clemson recruit and played there for, I think, what, th- two or three years. You know, they said he would never play football again, and now here he is back coming home. So, you know, you just do think potentially that might add a little bit to the front set of what we can offer there's a little extra motivation there i'm not saying that's necessarily going to be enough but it's nice to have in our back pocket i'll just say that much
0: yeah you never know i mean he i don't want to say he hasn't done much i mean Oh, he he hasn't I mean he, he wasn't expected he's a leader to be he's a, a leader correct yeah he, he's in there for more than just what he can do on the field and by the way it's the fact that he's out there playing football with you know a metal rod in his back is is enough but um I don't know we'll see it's it's certainly a potential x-factor you touched on the weather I think that could be obviously an enormous x-factor as well with the weather being a great equalizer it sort of takes away their aerial attack potentially you also yeah Travis, I think even
1: I think even with the bad weather though I don't I don't see it I'm talking forecast specifically. No forecast I've seen has shown it raining through the night. It's even like the worst ones are saying it's going to stop at five or six o'clock. So it's pretty much just going to be worst case of like, hey, it pours <laughs> just during the tailgate. going to suck. Although yeah. let me say this, Matt, the tailgate for USC, as yes. you recall, yes. was the most rain I have ever seen in Greater Chestnut Hill. And when the game kicked off, it was maybe one of the most beautiful nights I've ever seen at Alumni Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying we are familiar with that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that game ended okay, right? It did, Matt. So you got the weather that could be a big X factor, regardless of your your app that you pay ten bucks a month for. Um, you have Travis Etienne, A one-time was, four dollar purchase, who was banged up uh, against Louisville at the end of at the end of the game last week. Um, it sounds like he's going to be okay, but he did he did limp off the field. If that's something that's lingering, that would certainly be good. And then we touched on it, but uh, the Lawrence has has thrown a, uh, more picks this year. I think like way more picks this year than he did last year. He's had four last year. He's already up to six or seven. I think it is. Obviously, our defense is is you know really opportunistic. So the, the knock on Lawrence this year is that he's trying to do too much, and I think part of it could be because he set the bar so high last year that he's you know trying to live up to the Heisman numbers. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the picks that have, have been a result of throwing into double coverage when the checkdown has been available. So I don't know. I, I think that if we can scheme against that and force him to you know try to make the big throw, our defense again has proven to be opportunistic. So if they can make him pay for that. You know, that, that, if we can win the turnover battle, I guess that's probably our only chance at winning this thing. So that's something I'll watch out for there. That's really the defense. I think offensively, we we know what we're gonna be. Uh, we're gonna probably replicate the same blue uh, the the same game plan that we played against NC State, with the exception of again, these guys don't know what's gonna hit them with uh, with Denny pancakes. So I don't know. I I, I this O line can play with anyone in the country, and I think one big thing to keep an eye on will be tempo. When Q's knocked them off uh, a couple years ago. It was with the same kind of up-tempo style. I like think they ran like 85 plays, and it got to the point where Clemson just couldn't keep up. We can absolutely play with these guys on offense. So if we do that on offense, and we we you know alternate Dylan and Bailey and just punish these guys, I think that's the recipe offensively.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I, I think at the end of the day, I do think that we're going to be able to score enough points to— you know, put up a competitive number. It's just at the end of the day, it's are we going to be able to score enough to overcome a defense, and is our defense shored up enough that it can limit it to allow us to a number that our offense can overcome. That's the bottom line. I also want to say, Matt, credit to you, uh, shows a sign of maturity that you did not once mention that Trevor Lawrence looks like the girl from Disturbia. So credit to us, we are slowly growing up um matt, that's big time you, there
0: you ruined a tweet that I'm, i was about to launch uh not, sorry i was gonna launch it probably Wednesday i'll save it i won't release the podcast until you
1: i won't release podcast until you can tweet it out it's
0: kind of an edgy tweet but i think i'm gonna go for it but it is related to Disturbia, so more to come yeah. on that
1: okay that sounds about right um i will just roll right into my predictions the bottom line matt crazy things happen in sports night games are always weird defense is new new in a lot of ways there's a lot of new guys plugged in so there's not a lot of film on them the same way there's not for. what are we going with denny what did you say, denny pancakes is that what we're doing you here?
0: can you can say literally any word after denny grand slam
1: the, the grand slam i like the grand slam but that's just me um i don't know if that's too deep of a reference like to, would people know that that would connect back to denny's immediately i think it works on the twitter when you when you put a picture of pancakes next to it gotcha okay fair so something to think about there anyways we do have the best running game and the best offensive line in football. Matt, we're just going to get nuts here. We're going to be in attendance. It's it's going to be just a wild day. We're going to score a lot. They're going to score a lot. We're going to score a little bit more than them. We end the night storming the Tiger Paw, come out of Clemson, Death Valley, with a 52-49 Boston College win. <laughs> let's let's just get crazy.
0: 52-49. I, I mean, we have to score. There's no yeah. way we hold them under 40 points, right? I, I believe in the 49. The 52, we'll see. I I don't see why not. I, I I'm with you, man. I I love it. Um, I got I got a similar prediction uh, as far as the winning teams go, Matt. I got your wet your weather app being full of shit. I got a monsoon happening down in Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah, so that's just not going to happen. But okay. completely takes away their passing game. We win the turnover battle. Dylan breaks a couple huge runs, and we're storming the field after an Eagles 28, Clemson 24 walk off victory in Clemson, South Carolina.
1: If this defense holds Clemson to 24 points, it's going
0: to be a monsoon Matt. That's what happens. I will do monsoons. something unforgivable.
1: I think you're just making up weather terms at this point.
0: Monsoon isn't a honest. monsoon. That's a lot
1: of rain. It is. It's a. It's a real term. I guess I'm saying that you're making up forecasts because there is no forecast that implies it will be that much rain. But I'm with you. That's I like what- again at the end of the day, the, the winning team is what matters. I don't care if we win 52 to 49 or 28 to 24. Matt,
0: I don't have your high tech app. What I have, and I'm looking at it now, I have the iPhone weather app, and it's <laughs> raining from Friday It just Thursday. says rain. For literally, yeah, 10 days straight. So right. we're, we're in the eye of the storm on okay. Saturday. And that's the technology that I have. It looks like a lot of rain on my app currently. And it looks like that's the type of weather we'll need to, to hold this offense in check. Otherwise, we probably have no shot now.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Look, we, we're, we, have, we have five days till game time. We're going to talk ourselves into it because it's not fun to go down there and say, oh, yeah, we're going to lose. Maybe we'll cover. Maybe we won't. You got to believe in something, even if it means we're going to get our hearts ripped out midway through the first half. But that's not going to happen. Thanks again to our sponsors, MyBookie, when betting on the birds to shock the world on Saturday. If you can try to get the money line, please do it. Yeah, mybookie.ag. Can, my can you Seriously. please figure out the money line? I mean, there's there's a lot of money to be made, uh, so hopefully that gets worked out. Use promo code SHARE to double your first deposit. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at and Dude on both. I would imagine there will be a heavy amount of activity once we... Touchdown in South Carolina Thursday night and Friday morning. And as always, be sure to keep an eye on our guys at Eagle Insiders BC247. Sign up today to get everything you could possibly need before we head down to Death Valley this weekend. Hope to see everyone down in Clemson. Uh, we'll be down there, like we said. We'll be at the So Club Friday night, lot two all day Saturday. I'm bringing a carry-on that's just going to be like 150 koozies that I'm trying to get rid of because they've just been sitting in my apartment, and the value of them has gone down as you know we have – gotten off to a worse start than we hope so come on by we got a lot of them to give away we love to see uh see everyone out there thanks again for listening and matt i think there's nothing else to say but it's officially time to shock the world
0: it's a doodle look folks